folks happy friday welcome back and it's time to wrap up a week where a lot of the news was a bit different than it has been anyway this is mark call in southern colorado where it's snowing today we're going to have a big storm uh, at least i hope we'll get real moisture out of it <coughs> got jeff price stupa online as well and also david justice so let me start with david say good morning and uh, how are you doing well, I'm doing as well as a guy can be doing that has his eyes open and wondering what to do. Anyway, I'm looking forward to what you're going to talk about today. Okay. Do you have anything? I do. It's, uh, I do, well, yeah. all right. Go ahead, Jeff. How are you doing? Mark, I'm happier than a 12 year old kid with a new puppy. <laughs> Why? We got two puppies. Oh, oh you, you, so you for real? We're gonna, we're, we're, yeah, we're going to go pick them up on Tuesday. So I'm like a kid again. I'm I'm so happy. <laughs> All right. Well, that's wonderful. Do you want to you want to share what they are or do you They're they're Airedales. They're two brothers uh who were left over from a litter uh with meeting some friends that we had met in church. Uh I don't recall them, but we were there at the same time and it's going to be like a reunion when we pick up the puppies so we kind of got recircled up with some people of God. Uh, it's been a total blessing, and I can't be more thankful for right now. Uh, if I do say it's been such a relief just to get my mind on some more permanent things like a puppy that needs to be trained. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Yeah, that's a blessing for sure. So, uh, well, we're in the same boat. I'd like to have some more uh, some more dogs to deal with the goats and to help out on that score, but I haven't found any yet. Um, in any case, uh, let's talk about what's going on. It's uh, kind of fascinating. The um, After a bunch of really big news stories last week and after all the moves towards World War III, uh, essentially nothing happened yet. Now I'm seeing stories that are saying real soon now the Biden Fuhrer's puppet strings are being yanked and he's going to go kill some boys in the Mideast and try to see if we can't get some nukes flying. So uh, maybe this weekend. Now, I don't know if that's the case or not, but I certainly would advise folks to be aware of it. Uh, there are some other things that are also in progress. Progress and kind of fascinating. For example, there's a big convoy. How big is is uh, subject to uh, TBD? Because it looks like the uh, press is trying to say, "Don't come and uh, be afraid. Be very afraid because we're going to kill you if you go down there." And and likewise. So uh, a lot of truckers and RVs and other people are heading to the border to say, "We've had it up to here with the illegal immigrant invasion." It's supposed to be a peaceful protest, but everybody there knows, and all of those coming also know that there will be an attempt to turn it into a January 6th, and especially if they have to use, and they will, agent provocateurs, embedded people in the crowd, confidential human sources, agents, uh, marked and unmarked. So um, I, I don't know exactly how big the turnout will be, but certainly that one's something to watch, too. Uh, the date there is uh, on Saturday. It's tomorrow, February the 3rd. And again, on so many fronts, this week what we're seeing was things that seem to be on hold, and uh, other things that um, we've been lied about for so long are coming to the fore in the, um, in the vacuum there. So uh, any uh, any comment on any of that, David, anywhere you'd like to go to start us off with? i got a couple stories I'll throw out, if not. 
Whoops. Uh oh. Hang on, David. We're not hearing you. You you dropped out almost completely. I'm getting one word in ten. Try it one more time. If we don't hear you, then we'll wait. How is this? Can you hear me now? Uh, a little bit better. Yeah. Go ahead and make make short comments, and then we'll okay. know if we're if we're hearing you. Okay. Well, I uh, turned to NBC News just for to look to see what the mainstream media spin on the caravan was going to be. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Can you hear what I'm better. talking about? Yeah. So the uh, what I was uh, not shocked to see, but I was amazed to see, was how they've spun the thing in such a way to make it a right wing extremist conspiracy movement to go to Texas, and you know the the uh, the spin, of course. The narrative that they're creating is that it's the, a far right, uh, unfounded move by ultra right wing extremists. They didn't make any mention of the of the resolution by the Texas governor Abbott, and they didn't make any mention of you know Biden's failure to enforce the policy. So it's interesting they're spinning it to make it appear like just a bunch of uh, wing nuts going down there to make some kind of protest. Go ahead, Mark. Well, and part of the reason they're spinning it that way, I will suggest, is because they intend, if they can, to try to provoke violence. And if they have to, they'll they'll allow the federal agents to do it. And there won't be anybody participate. The, um, the convoy uh, organizers have warned people that we're going to have our eyes open, and they need to. They uh, need to, as Michael Yan said, have their heads on a swivel, because you know that that will be the attempt. And the fact that they're aware of it is, is good news. But, um, again, we're going to just have to see uh, how, how smart people are and how um, how many cell phones are there taking video and uh, making sure that they can't pull a January 6th and to kill a bunch of people and then blame the wrong people for it and then hide the evidence. So um, that'll be uh, that'll be um, interesting, at least. And, and what you can see is the waste stream spin is setting up for it. Uh, go ahead, Jeff. Any comment? There is absolutely no faith whatsoever in the lamestream press any longer. Uh, people now expect to be lied to. We expect to hear the story reported this way. The unspoken unity among the freedom lovers in our nation is beginning to be expressed. If they think that this is something that we're thinking about doing for a weekend, or we're going to go down and protest and just kind of see how that goes, they don't realize the line has been drawn and passed. We are on the other side now. We're not going back, and they are the only ones who don't see it. They're going to, at some point, have to give up their microphone, but not yet. I don't expect them to stop lying until they stop their mouth moving. So there we are. But here we go. That's all. That's I agree with you. Well, and and the uh, the level of lies. You're right. It's it's beyond the pale. Uh, I think more and more people are also waking up to the sad truth that the invasion has already been accomplished. Yeah, they're still bringing in ten thousand or more a day, including communist Chinese, MS-13, Hezbollah, Hamas, you name it. Uh, any troops of any country that wants to invade has has got open season. So that shouldn't surprise anybody. Um, I I I liked. 
hearing David refer to the West, the, the, the press, uh, the lying waste media as essentially saying this is right-wing extremists that actually think that the country should have borders. Right-wing extremists that actually don't like having their ranches destroyed and their futures destroyed and their children's, um, well, everything, including their bodies destroyed. So that makes you a right-wing extremist. What was funny was the news at the top of the hour, I hadn't seen this, but they're actually pushing it. There was a bill introduced in Congress that would say, look, if a, um, if an illegal invader is caught drunk driving, then we have an additional grounds for deportation. They can be arrested by local police and deported for that. You know, there was a time when, when the left would have said uh, killing people or uh, getting drunk and uh, going behind the wheel of a car was a crime. Well, of course, nowadays, since you can burn down buildings, as long as you're carrying a, a rainbow flag or some kind of a, well, anything but a MAGA hat, then you can get away with it. So that shouldn't surprise us, but 150 Democrats, i.e. fascists, voted no against a bill that would allow deportation of a drunk um, illegal immigrant for the crime that, uh, you know, if an American commits it, what are they going to do? They're going to lock him up and throw away the key. Uh, this is, and, and they call those right-wing extremists for suggesting this is the kind of thing that needs to be done. Now, I can understand why there might be federal issues that are different, but um, that's not even on the uh, on the scorecard here for the debate. The whole point is uh, we want the illegals to come. We want them to kill people. And if they commit crimes that when that any real American would be thrown in jail for, well, that's okay. Because after all, they can get on planes, trains, buses, and automobiles and skip the uh, security lines and probably get their, uh, their AR-15s that you peons can't have either down at the local cell distribution center. Uh, David, go ahead. Yeah, well, so Georgia O'Keefe has been at it again, and he uh, he isolated an intern there up there on Capitol Hill, who I think is really providing the um, the why, the impetus for for why the government is so adamant about infiltrating the <clears throat> the borders through an invasion, and then pretending like and gaslighting the rest of us like we don't know what we're talking about or. He, He's reporting that um, all these senators and congressmen are blackmailed because they're involved in sex parties and they're involved in drug use and all kinds of stuff. <clears throat> George O'Keefe just got into an interview to to basically admit it, and then a, a former congressman congressman came along and said, "Yep, that's the way it is." So what we've got is completely corrupt to the core a governmental system which ceases to be government when they become corrupt and this is the, what we've got to get our minds around is they work for the people as agents to uh, administer government they are not sovereign they're just folks that uh, operate in the capacity as our agents we're the principal the people are sovereign and uh, we've just got a, a frat house in the governments of this country who uh, who aren't standing with Texas, for example, about the illegal invasion on the southern border. So, you know, it's expected, and the media is involved, and the other three-letter agencies are involved. So we're just living in a time of, you know, we're going through a process where they're being exposed, and they will do everything in their power to prevent being taken down because it means the end of their world. It means literally their death. So they're going to throw everything they can to, to maintain control of the narrative <clears throat> and, and, and like liars in typical lying fashion do. Until okay. the burden of proof is 
makes them guilty. Go ahead. Well, here is a story that kind of echoes Jeff's point that uh, literally everything they say is a lie, and most Americans know it. And um, there is a they call it the January job shocker. This came out uh, overnight into this morning, and it's Zero Hedge's summary says, "Hey, we warned everybody that if you were hoping for a negative print in an election year on jobs data, you'll be disappointed." The Bureau of Line Statistics has done it again. Um, and essentially, the payrolls exploded higher than anyone not only believed or expected, but was willing to tolerate 353,000 new so-called jobs higher. All estimates, uh, wages surged. Why, it's so wonderful. The Biden inflation is non-existent, and everything Biden is just wonderful. And, uh, you know, it's so good, nobody believes it. And uh, here's uh, here's the point from Zero Hedge. Um while full-time jobs actually declined by 63,000, part-time jobs surged by 96,000. So there is your, um, there's at least a, a big part of your so-called increase. In other words, people are basically having to go out and take an extra job just to provide for the inflation that they're dealing with. Uh, that's part of it. But uh, now the um, the idea is. The, they want to make the Biden economy look super good ahead of the November elections. After all, they're going to have to replace him with some other shill. And indeed, as uh, the charts show, says Zero Hedge, it's now safe to assume, as if we didn't know it, that all establishment survey um, jobs and economic numbers are nothing but completely made up. They are lying through their teeth. And nobody, and I mean nobody, actually believes this stuff anymore. Not only that, then uh, as a result of this, uh, maybe there won't be a pivot. Maybe they won't um, uh, have to cut um, the uh, the bogus interest rates and so forth. And or, so as a result, uh, gold and uh, silver, the paper uh, markets were were crushed and hammered this morning. Of course, all they got to do is to sell futures. So again, the whole narrative is a fake. And um, honestly, the only people that don't know it are ones that are about to get fleeced. Uh, Jeff, go ahead. Uh, uh, Donald Trump's lawyer reported that Judge Kaplan took a $5 million bribe in order to convict Trump. A surprise. Um, anything else? I mean, let's, we want to, let's, let's talk about some other things, I guess, this morning. Uh, I'll ask either one of you anything else on anything we've talked about so far. Are we ready to just try, uh, uh, now for something completely different? I've got one quick one. The guy that cut off Satan's head is being charged with a hate crime. Oh, yeah. I, I think that he should call it a love crime, <laughs> uh, that he did it not on a paper out of love. And in the way he identifies, that was a love action on his part. Therefore, it shouldn't be prosecutable. He identifies it as a love action. Bingo. Try to do. Try to untangle that one. Well, and it's funny. Well, he's charged with a hate crime. So he's charged, he's charged with a hate crime for beheading a, uh, a pagan statue of uh, the, uh, the adversary, the bad guy, and I forget what state that was in. Meanwhile, though, they are literally melting down. They have not only destroyed statues of, of uh, Robert E. Lee and uh, other, uh, others of, of um, that era, but they have destroyed statues now and melted them down. Uh, works of art, literally, of Thomas Jefferson and George Washington. They're literally doing the communist George Orwell thing and gutting the history of the country and saying, uh, you know, so it, we can destroy statues. That is, if you're uh, anybody but MAGA, you can behead statues, melt them down, no problem. But if you uh, if you take out a statue of our God, Satan himself, well, you're going to go to jail. And I, I guess there's not much of a clear indication of where we are than that. Go ahead, David. 
Do you know how much somebody? Do do you, do you know how much somebody would have paid for that Thomas Jefferson statue? Oh yeah, it would have instead been- they destroyed it. Some patriot would have paid five million dollars for that. But they wanted it destroyed. So it's just a total waste. Go ahead. Yeah, they want it destroyed, and and that is 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 part of the story here. Um, any anything else on, on any of that, David? Then I've got one I want to throw out. I got a, I got a couple of stories here we can talk about. The um, the stories that we are not hearing while the uh, the press is focused on can we can we start civil war or can we start world war or at least ramp them both up. Well, I want to go ahead emphasis. I put emphasis on the why the uh, head of Satan being cut off could be a hate crime while destroying a temple of Thomas Jefferson is not. It was Alex Jones back in the early aughts, uh, early 2000s, that first came forth with the information that the United Nations had an agenda, and that was to replace the populations of first world countries, the West, with the with third world mentality and third world Persons, and so what we're living through is the culmination of that, and it's 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 been there for us to know about. We've we've known about it, but I think what's what's frustrating me is that the people generally don't understand what this nation is founded on, and so because we don't understand the original, we buy into the counterfeit. And for decades, Americans have been 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 being misled by the public indoctrination system they call the public school system but we're 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 living in that time and we've uh we're given an opportunity to choose exactly how we're going to stand during this time each one of us is going to have to make that determination between us and our father in heaven go ahead mark pick up from there okay well here is one of several stories that i uh, i suggest are um, kind of interesting indicators uh, one, and there are a number of um, former leftists that I have come to uh, admire and read. Doc, uh, Dr. Naomi Wolf is certainly one. Uh, she has uh, literally made an about face in a lot of areas when it comes to understanding what's being done to the country and how it's being destroyed. Um, there are some others. Glenn Greenwald has been attacked, and he, of course, is a, an open homosexual, leans pretty far left, but has been writing about the um, the undermining of the concept of free speech. Uh, Matt Taibbi is another one. He used to write for the Rolling Stone, and now he writes for a Substack, and is, um, uh, I think, got a, a real good head on his shoulders. Honest journalist from way back, so he's always had integrity. But now he is coming out and saying things that, um, yep, this will get you banned from two Facebook and and Twitter. Um, he had a piece this week. Uh, Zero Hedge picked it up. It was on his Substack called "Is the Electoral Fix Already In." And he talks about, uh, you know, how all of these leftists proclaim, oh, it's all about democracy, democracy. Save democracy. Vote for the puppet. Save democracy. The senile guy is the only one that can save democracy because threat is, uh, uh, Trump is the threat. And um, the, uh, then you have the spin from the waste stream. And he noticed that NBC News ran a story on January the 14th about how, quote, fears grow that Trump will use military as a dictator if he returns to the White House. So it described a loose-knit network of public interest groups and lawmakers, i.e., a conspiracy of left-wingers that is quietly making plans to prevent a Trump election by any means necessary, including rigging the election, keeping him off the ballot, lawfare, you name it. And his point is, hey, you know, we know this, if... uh, and, and this was his team at one point. Now it's obviously not. 
Uh, he has uh, as this eight-page piece about how this is absolutely nothing except raw, unmitigated, anti-democratic everything. And uh, I guess uh, the only thing he doesn't do yet is realize that we're not supposed to have a democracy anyway, and this is part of the reason why. But the, the bottom line is many who couldn't stand Trump, would never vote for Trump, and I think that describes Matt, have still been willing consumers of the awesome propaganda published on the subject of Trump. Now they need to face the fact that they've been had. He's been transformed into an avatar of all bad things. I love this. A crude domestic combo platter of, of Saddam, Milosevic, Assad, and Putin. The uber villain. Trump is used to distract mass audiences from the erosion of what's going on at home. In the name of protecting democracy, they're putting a wooden stake in it, firing silver bullets into its heart, and essentially, uh, hey, wake up was the message. Don't let them do this. So it's encouraging to me when more and more um, leftists even, but those that have integrity, are beginning to say, wow, we have gone, as Jeff put it, you know, over over the Rubicon. Uh, go ahead, Jeff. Well, I, I agree, Mark, and I think that, again, there is a majorly unspoken or, or at least unheard sentiment or voice of the American people who have a long-standing relationship with both their God and freedom. And it, to some, to those of us who are this way, you don't need words. You're not going to change us. It's getting quite apparent. We're not going to change you. Uh, game on. And that's where we are. It's an exciting time to be alive. But I think we're beyond words. We're not going to convince them. And we shouldn't try any longer. It's time for quiet action. Hence what we see happening in Texas. And we've already been girded up already. Those of us who've been preparing are prepared and preparing more. And we are walking into a battle wide-eyed. Well, we so get it. Let they me ask are the them. ones who run informed. So uh, I, so we believe in the good things, and we're committed to that. They don't understand that. I, I agree, but but let's let's talk specifics. And, and let me ask you outright, Jeff, um, how do you see this playing out? I I don't doubt that there are agent provocateurs. They are looking. They are jonesing for a January sixth uh, rematch and for pulling another stunt just like they did. Although this time they'll they'll do it bigger. I would not be surprised, for example, if they kill people, if they um, act in uh, outright domestic terrorism and try to blame it on the right. Uh, I expect literally anything that they think they can get away with, and given that they believe they have a compliant press that will lie for them, cover up the videos, and simply tell whatever the official narrative is, uh, I don't know that there are any limits to what they may try and pull off. So, uh, Jeff, how do you think how do you think this plays out? Do you think uh, um, we're going to see the uh, the game on, as you put it? And uh, what what do people need to do? How how do we react to it? Well, I think that the, the first thing we always have to do if we find ourselves in an emergency situation is employ emergency situation thinking. You know, first of all, you got to do, if you are being threatened to your very existence, one, you better be aware of that because that's the level upon which you must respond. You can't respond, say, with a 10% effort when it's going to require a 100% effort for you to survive. And I'm, we are there now again. And so uh, the other people are verbally committed. They may argue about something, but they're not willing to fight for it. We are. And they think that we're going to get into some kind of argument and make signs in the street. We're not. We're not. You come and threaten us now. 
in our homes, and it's a different ball game than that's been played so far on the artificial astroturf of the media. Well, yes. When you get this game real, so people, what do we do? We go to the county level. You get involved in your local county politics, and you don't ask. You tell these people who are your servants, if they're not willing to serve, they're going to be replaced with those who are. And we go back to doing the government ourselves. We cannot fix the Supreme Court, Congress, Senate, presidency. We can only fix our local government, and we're going to have to depend on each other because the fight has been brought to us. The all enemy right. is sequestered all around us in sleeper cells, and we all know it. We know they're coming. They traffic military-aged men into our nation. Game on. We better respond completely and be prepared for that. Get involved in your county level right now. Go meet your neighbors this right. week. Go meet your neighbors. So, so two two quick comments. Uh, one dates back probably uh, six months or a year, and honestly, I realize it's dropped off the radar. I haven't heard anything about it. There was a fella on the Arizona border, and uh, we'll come back and we'll pick those up after the break. Wow, that was fast. folks to the right. drive time friday show we're talking about a number of things today and what uh, i guess relatively speaking is a uh, a quiet new news week we're certainly seeing a lot of things that have been on the boiler that are still simmering that are expected to come to a head whether it's world war three or civil war two but um that's kind of where we went to the break and uh, i had asked jeff a question about how we respond to what almost certainly looks like we're going to see as spun provocations lies false flag events remember there are um many many um, battalions worth of communist Chinese, MS-13, Hezbollah, um, Muslim infiltrators, terrorists, you name it, already in the country and already distributed throughout the nation in their various cells. But I suspect, personally, that the answer is going to be uh, something, a, a provocation at the border first. Now, we'll see how that plays out. And, of course, we may get uh, World War III in the meanwhile, and that's all about um, the uh, the deep state believing that if they can get a world war started, well, then they'll have a perfect excuse for reinserting the Biden Fuhrer or whoever they want to put in in his, uh, in his corpse-like place in the, uh, in the fall election. But, but up front, I, I was saying there's two things that I think we need to bear in mind when it comes to uh, Jeff's comment about uh, defending ourselves and doing what we need to do and, and understanding that we're at um, – I liked his um, – uh, his terminology here, um, emergency situation thinking point, and that's true. 
All right. There was a fellow who engaged in emergency situation thinking in Arizona. And uh, I had uh, forgotten the name. It's kind of disappeared from the radar. But a fellow named uh, George Allen Kelly, 75-year-old Arizona rancher. He was accosted on his property. He used a deadly force to defend his property. The uh, the hows and the whys are obviously less important than the fact that um, he believed it was self-defense. Whether he intended to shoot the fellow or not or fired a warning shot, I think is less important than the fact that here is a guy that's being prosecuted. They tried to charge him with second-degree murder for someone who was trespassing and arguably threatening him on his own property. I suspect they will rig the jury because what the, the newest news this week, and it didn't get much national national coverage is that he rejected a plea deal offered by the persecutors. Hey, you roll over and let us, you know, stick a couple wooden forks in your your nearly dead corpse and you'll only have to go to jail for maybe eight years. Isn't that nice of us? You defend your property. We show you who's boss. And so he said, nope, he rejected the plea deal. And so now they're going to have to rig a jury. A March 21 trial date was set, and we'll see how it goes. But um, that's kind of where we're at. So that's one item. The second item, then I'll go to David, is understand that at least the convoy organizers have have made one really important observation. Now, not only have they advertised in advance that it's peaceful, and they're going to be very careful to make sure that that's the case, but the rallies are going to be held on private property. So unlike the Capitol, where a public property means only if you're a leftist with a MAGA, uh, if you've got a MAGA hat, you're uh, you're obviously a uh, an invader. So uh, you know, uh, foreign invaders are welcome on the Capitol grounds, but not um, people that actually understand. Maybe they got a pocket constitution too. You're uh, you know that's you're, you're double down and dead for that one. So they're having this rally on private property, and uh, the rules are very much different, at least they used to be when we had a constitutional republic, on private property. And that means that they have a lot more latitude in terms of making sure that they control the feds and those who are trying to come in and, uh, well, uh, incite riots. Uh, go ahead, David. Uh, your comments on any of that? Well, <clears throat> I'd like to comment on, you know, picking up. I didn't get a chance to comment to what Jeff said, but I want to, you know, tie all this together. You know, when we distinguish what's what's wrong, and Jeff wants to talk about, you know, get ready to defend or get involved, we've let's go to the crux of what our problem is. We've got a Christian institution in this country that is the problem, and they, the people that are part of that, are in denial. They don't understand the law of non-contradiction. You can't hold two contradictory thoughts, a contradictory thought in your mind, uh, because that's that defies the, the law of truth, what is truth. Romans 13 tells Christians to submit and obey to the government. At least that's how it's interpreted, and that's how churchianity, the Christian institution, has been pushing it. And so so today, what we're watching is a, is the fallout of, of the false teaching that the, the, the Christians are supposed to submit and obey to everything governments can do, and there's not a thing we can do about it until Jesus comes back and raptures us out of here. And this philosophy, this understanding of Scripture that has been projected onto Scripture, that is, is bought into by mainstream Christianity, is... is um, Emasculating yeah. the, the 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 power of the church. Now the the denial part is here we are, Jeff, at, at a crux, at a crossroads in history, when the the government ceases to be government. But this is not taught in our schools. It's not taught in our churches. It's not taught at all. We don't distinguish between uh, the the principles that caused the founding fathers 
to break away from the the Church of England and, and the whys and the wherefores about it. And because we lack this historical knowledge, we lack historical memory, we're finding ourselves now in what appears to be a complete catch-22. Well, we can't fight, and we, but we can't not fight. And, and as a result, we're paralyzed, and so Christianity has actually paralyzed people and has caused people to become impotent and weak and doormats. You know, Yeshua said, the, the, you know, you're the light of the world and the salt of the earth, but when the light goes dark and the salt loses its saltiness, you're, it's fit for nothing to be trampled underfoot of men. That's what's going on. We're being invaded from the south. And we're weak and impotent when it comes to really distinguishing how to fight, how, how to stand and where to stand and all this. And so all these things, and here we got that, you know, Jeff's report about the guy there in Arizona. He decides to def- defend his property, and, of course, they slap him down because you, we can't have you defending. We can't have you take government into your own hands. So, you know, so we've got a real dilemma because we're, we're – we're in a perceived contradiction that we can't resolve, and the majority of, of so-called Christian believers out there are waiting for Jesus to come and fix it and save them, so, so the, they find justification to not get involved. They find justification to not participate. They throw up their hands. There's nothing we can do, and therein lies, I think, one of our biggest problems is the, is the false narrative that's been projected over the gospel and is keeping men and women emasculated to the point where they don't know what to do. Go ahead, Mark. Well, I largely agree with that, and, and of course, it's point. I should point out because I often do that if you read what Paul wrote in in uh, his letter to, uh, I believe it was the Corinthians, um, and and it says essentially they're they're preaching another Jesus whom we've not preached, which is why I prefer to use his real name because his mama never called him Jesus. And uh, as long as we understand the difference, that's okay. But they're they're literally talking about a, a Romans thirteen government inspired version that is not in accord with Scripture. It's a lie. And they're pushing a, a, another Jesus who did away with the actual written instruction, the Torah, and put something else in its place. Nailed it to the cross. None of that is scriptural. And therein lies the real problem. Um, Jeff, uh, and, and we still got the issue of, of what do we do, essentially. The rancher found out the hard way, and that was the reason why I brought this up, that uh, you know, when, when his life was threatened, uh, he did the right thing. They didn't kill him. You've heard the old saying, this this dates back uh, as long as I can remember, better to be uh, judged by 12 than carried by 6. But on the other hand, they're not even allowing to be judged by 12 anymore because the whole concept of a trial by jury has been gutted too. Go ahead, Jeff. I hope this helps. Let's think about Joseph, the patriarch Joseph, for just a moment. He is basking in the love of his father, uh, Isaac, who, uh, he was his dad's favorite, had a special coat, and, you know, he was the, the first child from, from, uh, Rachel? Yes. Yes. Uh, and so, the, he was loved in a special way. His brothers weren't, you know, too appreciative of the fact like that. So anyway, Joseph now finds himself in a, in a hellhole of a prison down in Egypt, in Pharaoh's dungeon. After things had gone well for him there, uh, so Joseph's getting tossed back and forth, and in the middle of that jail cell, he didn't surrender. He didn't give up. 
And I think that that's kind of where we are. We're like in that jail cell right now, uh, a Joseph mentality. We got a big plan in our heart for a future which seems so far out of touch right now. This is a time where I want to encourage us all to really get strong in your relationship to God individually. And I'm going to advocate that you forget your religion. It's not helping. Uh, I don't think that it's going to, because then what's going to happen is, you know, David, I hope this doesn't sound offensive, but I'm going to ask you to go sit with others like yourself that are confused and need clarification and agreement on issues like unity in the faith and a proper understanding and what the church should do. You go sit with those guys over there. Go ahead. When and if we can use you to rebuild after the fight, we're going to call you. But right now, as I said, we're in a different situation. And I'm saying, go meet your neighbors. Go meet them this week. Ask them, I have this and this and this to contribute to our local community. Myself and my kids, my daughters are good babysitters. My sons are good at yard work. We all know how to paint. We are willing to be a part of a community here. Just wanted you to know we're likely going to have to count on each other. Wanted to come by and say hi. Yeah, maybe wear a MAGA hat. Identify yourselves up front. Give your colors away when you walk up so you can know if you're on the wrong porch and not waste (laughs) any time. We don't have a lot of time. That's it. That's all I got. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead, David. I, the question was addressed to you. Oh no, I, I I'm, not, I'm not in the least bit offended by what Jeff said because I completely concur. <clears throat> the, the, you know, there's we we've quoted the scripture a couple of times in the last several weeks. My people perish for lack of knowledge. We, but we don't finish that. If we reject knowledge, then we're rejecting. Our father will reject us. If if we're going to be we're told this poison, it'll kill us. No, if, God said, stay away from knowledge. Right in the very beginning, stay Jeff, away from you know, that. Jeff, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. We're not on the same page here with knowledge. Okay, <laughs> you're talking about narrative. I'm talking about truth. Okay, knowledge, true knowledge, is not offensive to God. And if you think the true knowledge is what was gathered. By eating off the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you're not understanding the uh, what the tree of knowledge actually is. It's a narrative projected over the truth. We are rejected for lack of knowledge. That's now, now, like I said, the, the law of non-contradiction, you can't have it both ways. Knowledge that the truth is what will lead us into all righteousness, okay? People perish... For lack of knowledge, not because they didn't accept Jesus into their life as their personal savior. They didn't study. You know, we got a Christian institution that keeps people in kindergarten, maybe first grade, and they never get out of it. They wallow around in their diapers and they're stinky and dirty. And that's the Christian environment in America today. And look where that has gotten us. We don't understand that the kingdom of heaven is the basis of all of, of the reality, and we don't understand that in, in Scripture, Yeshua came to, to reclaim what was lost, to bring us back into the glory we once had, to, to bring us into the real knowledge of, of what's going on, rather than the false narrative of, of who's in control. So, you know, distinguishing what the gospel truly is and, and how that underpins 
you know, what America is supposed to be helps us understand how far from that reality we've come and why we're facing the brink of of destruction. And, you know, Jeremiah came along and told Israel to stand down. He told Judah, stand down. You know why? Because you're being punished because of your rebellion against the truth, your rebellion against our father. I suggest that we may be in the same situation here, and we better, if we, if we don't get our relationship right with our Creator, our Father, first, then we're not going to be following in the spirit of our Father to know exactly what to do when the time presents itself. And I, I know that sounds esoteric and, you know, probably really religious, but that's the crux of the gospel is our relationship with our Father and, and our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And when we commune with our Father in that regard, then no weapon forged by man will prevail against us. And I think that that's the attitude we need to stand in to find the confidence that we need to stand in so that we know exactly what to do when the opportunity presents itself. Okay. Jeff, go ahead. I know you've uh, you've probably got something you want to add. <laughs> Well, I just happened to go to Genesis 3 uh, to see what it really does say about the, the, the trees in the garden. And all it says is that one was in the center. It doesn't say that it was knowledge or whatever. It says, of the fruit of the tree which is in the center of the garden, God has said, you shall neither eat of it nor touch it lest you die. No, well, that was, then that's the Bible, never, well, well, time out. You're quoting Eve there, Chava, and she added too. So read what it says before that, what the real truth is. She was asked a question, and she fell into the trap. Oh, Mark, you're right. It's right. It's up here in 2.15. Let me quote that. It's up here in Genesis 2.15. And Hashem, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but uh, verse 17, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you must not eat thereof. For on the day you eat of it, you surely shall die. To the present moment, I'd like to add that when you right. eat of the tree of knowledge, you leave the present moment and then defend the past. You defend the orthodoxy of what you have already in the past learned, and you cut yourself off to future growth because you now defend the past, and we become dead to the present moment because now we've become a thinker and we're out of our heart. We're in our brain. That, to me, is when we leave God. Okay, you guys are right. His dog, even in our heart. Satan puts us up in the brain so that we can think (laughs) about it and argue about it and be under his control. Go ahead. the thought realm. Your your projection onto thought and the mind is relative and subjective. My people perish for lack of knowledge. Okay, reconcile that with what you just said. You're saying that... We're supposed to be lobotomized and walk around and some using our minds the way they were intended to use. I offer for your consideration that well, the word repent means to change the way you use your mind and find real knowledge and grow in that real knowledge. Now, what's interesting is I completely congree- agree with your conclusion that ultimately in spirit, when we're walking in, in the oneness with our Father, you know, we're caught up in that spirit, and there in that spirit is perfect knowledge. But to reject that knowledge because of some misinterpretation of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is ludicrous to me. Go ahead, Mark. 
Well, no, I'll let Jeff comment here again in a second. David, David, I agree, but David, then what are we rejecting when we decide to be baptized or something? We are rejecting our past what? If we're not wanting to leave that, you're saying you want, we want to stay in that? I'm saying yes. no, we don't, okay. we don't, okay. we don't want to maintain in that distant state from God. That's sine. We're living okay. at a distance from God. All right. That's I don't know what I, you know what, we're, we're not connecting here in our conversation, but what I think I hear you saying is it's okay to be stupid. And you know what? Life is hard enough, but it's even harder when you're stupid. You're telling me that we're supposed to reject knowledge because some interpretation of the Garden of Eden says, oh, we got to reject knowledge. And I tell you what, by rejecting knowledge, we're rejecting truth. But if you're, if you're talking about rejecting the narrative, then I completely concur. But distinguishing the narrative from the truth, therein lies our problem. Is where so many of us are caught up in this subjective reality, this matrix that has been projected by our public school system and by our churches and politicians and false monetary system. We think that's knowledge. And I got a degree on the wall to prove how knowledgeable I am. That kind of knowledge is reprehensible to the truth of the knowledge of our Father. And until we come into the knowledge of reality, until the knowledge of truth, we can't walk in it. Go ahead, Mark. Uh, okay. Well, uh, I mean, uh, to some extent, I think you guys uh, uh, probably are disagreeing because there's a slightly different understanding, and I'm, I'm sure you both recognize that. Uh, I would, I would say, yeah, I, I quote Hosea a lot. My people are rejected. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, and uh, I am certainly on the page that says if we don't understand what's being done, it's part of the reason why I do this show. If we don't understand what's happening to us, uh, we will be destroyed. If we are completely ignorant of the things that he says, if we do not understand understand his instruction, uh, then we are, in fact, uh, at risk of destruction. We're, we're supposed to walk in obedience. How do we walk in obedience unless we know what it is that he wrote for us? So uh, I understand what Jeff is saying about it's a heart condition. The Bible does make a lot of references to the heart as opposed to other issues. But I would contend that if we're walking in obedience to him, our heart, our mind, our thoughts, all of those things ought to agree. They ought to be echad. They ought to be one. And then there is no contradiction. So and I'll go to Jeff here in a second. But one of the things that I rejected from what I refer to now as the whore church was this this whole concept that was polyanity as it was taught, right? Not just Romans 13, but that your mind is a bad thing. And um, if you are using your mind, your brain that God gave you, that's carnality. And you just have to accept what we tell you. That's essentially the Catholic dogma of uh, don't, don't read it for yourself. You're a laity. You can't understand it. Too complex for your poor little pea brain without a priest to interpret it. And I will contend that he has given us all the information we need. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was essentially a lie and a fake. And we had this understanding that, well, remember the first two lies. You can be like God, you will not die. Those were lies. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil reinforces that. So go ahead, Jeff. Take it where you'd like. we got about two minutes, well, by the way. Get it. I, I think it comes back to what is our purpose for our uh, drawing breath on this planet. And as, as we are under the understanding, we are here for companionship with the creator. He gave, he left us here as his agent and connecting point so that when God looked back at his creation, he could see it relating back to him through the human countenance, through the human existence on the planet. We're okay, supposed Jeff? to be, if you will, 
uh, God's puppies, his dog, his companion. Go for a walk in the afternoon. Can I can I interject? But, Just one quick thing. Go. And that go is ahead, the the uh, when as you were starting out, I remembered a line from Ecclesiastes. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. What is the whole duty of man? Fear Elohim and keep his commandments. For this, he said, is the whole duty of man. So I don't see a contradiction there with what you were saying. But it's um, Solomon, the, you know, the wisest man ever. He put it that way. And of course, part of the the reason for Ecclesiastes was he had tried all these other things, right? Wine, women, and song. Does this work? Does that work? No. It was all um, wind grasping at straws. Um, vanity of vanity. So let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter, the whole duty of man, fear Elohim and keep his commandments. Go ahead, Jeff, take us out. we got less than a minute. So then the spirit of God is, is transferred through us genetically, making us the human race. And part of that coding in the seed that we are is uh, a relationship with the beginning and a God's invitation, which says, listen, I've put the truth on your heart. So every man will know what it is in their inner being. Satan is going to want you to talk about it and focus on the commandments themselves. Don't do that. Don't lose that. Stay with me in spirit and in truth, and we'll walk together. And we're not going to have to worry about arguing about things up in a mental realm. Our mind is an ability, not an identity. Our ego, our mind, there are puppies. We must train them to support us in our spirit of God-like expression on the earth. We don't need unity in the faith. If we're one man alone, it's enough. If God can channel his power through the seed of us and awaken us to God's task. we got to get with our neighbors right now, though, brothers. Meet your neighbors. With that, folks, we are at the top of the hour. Lots going on. Certainly it's a time to pay attention and know you serve. Hey, thanks, guys. Shabbat shalom, folks. Well,